Hello and welcome to another episode of Healing Through Pain, a podcast dedicated to the mission of walking people towards healing and health. In each new episode, we will discuss how to show up well for the responsibilities and opportunities that life sends our way. Here is your host, Stephanie West, a licensed practicing counselor in the state of Michigan, a teacher, and a professor who lives her life at the intersection of mental health and education. Thanks so much for following along. to welcome you back to a new episode. It is our last full week of October here, and that just, again, how quickly time is fleeting, it always is just kind of staggering to me. So it gives us a couple months, and it gives us probably a lot, a couple of action-filled months as we go toward the end of 2022 here. So we're looking at November and Thanksgiving, we're looking at December, wrapping up a season, holiday festivities, winter here in Michigan. I will say we've had this beautiful gift of 70 degrees and sunny over this last weekend. It's been an absolute, absolute joy. But as we wrap up 2022, number one, I want to invite you to consider what you want these last two months to entail. What does that look like in your story? What would successfully wrap up 2022 for you? And as we talk through today, I want to talk about where there's significant breakdown happening in our lives and what happens when we decide not to look. So let's say as we come to the end of 2022, you have some big things unfolding in your story and you're just kind of running along as though ignorance is bliss and you're not willing to investigate the hard stuff in front of you. Now, there's several reasons this particular topic is on my heart, but one in particular is I'm walking with someone in my life right now, someone who's very important to me, who's kind of in the throes of reevaluating what's going on in life and really, really struggling and noticing that there are many areas of breakdown that they want to start addressing. But as we're talking this last weekend, they said, staff, there's just so many things. I, I'm, I'm too scared to look at the kind of mass chaos going on right now because there's just too many things that I'll have to do. And I said, you know, in a very hopefully reassuring way. Well, first off, we don't do it all at once. We just pick a point and start, and then then we start walking towards health and walking towards wellness, but we can do it in a whole host of ways. And consistency over time will get you where you want to go. But just because it's a big deal, just because it might take a lot of hard work, just because there might be some pain involved, it doesn't mean we don't look at it. It doesn't mean we don't pretend that we've got some choices in front of us and some changes to make. Now, things often aren't as bad as we think they are. One of the things I say to my clients often, especially when we're dealing with anxiety, is we are brilliant fiction writers. Our anxiety brain is this beautifully imaginative thing that we have available to us, and often things aren't as bad as we think they are. Now, because that's true, we have to look at the hard stuff going on. But what if it is as bad as we worry about? Well, let's talk about that today. So first off, the idea that ignorance is bliss, we've got to get rid of that. That's just not accurate as it relates to health. One of my core struggles and frustrations with kind of our Western lens is that we look at the absence of disease and we call it health. That just can't be true. Healthy inputs is health. If you are just not having disease, you're still engaging in breakdown. It's not a great place to be. Ignorance is not bliss. Knowledge is going to be helpful. So knowledge is power, but with knowledge comes responsibility. That's kind of the double-edged sword. So I know what's going on. Now I have to do something with it. Now, again, you don't have to do something with it. But as I go through several narratives today, I want to invite you to do something with it. So if there's a hard thing happening and you're willing to take full inventory of the situation, now you have opportunity. Now, I get why we drag our feet, but it's just not for our good. Change is scary, but not acknowledging how bad things actually are, 
that's just not for our good. And now I've used this particular anecdote before about my client who basically has a, a roulette system as it relates to using her debit card. So she will go purchase whatever she wants to purchase. She'll get to the checkout. She'll cross her fingers and swipe her card and hope that it works. And that's all well and good until you come to maybe an emergency and your card stops working because you've hemorrhaged your funds everywhere and you don't have the resources you need for whatever the current issue is, for whatever the current purchase is. And we've talked exhaustively about, hey, maybe there's a better way. Maybe we proactively budget. Maybe we get a handle on what the big gaps are or what the big deficits are and we start to systematically chip away at them. Now, we're still apparently in the pre-contemplation stage because she's still playing roulette with her debit card and so be it. But it's not to her good to walk into situations blindly and hope that it works out. It just doesn't go well for us. So the question is, why not look? Well, because sometimes the data is terrifying. So I'm sitting here on the other side of the speaker and I'm sounding so brave and so fearless, right? It's like, if you don't know about something, go investigate, go learn about it, go figure it out. Now, yes, that's true in many areas of my story, but some of it's lies too, because I have my own things that I refuse to look at. And I'm going to use a very simplistic anecdote. And I think I've shared this with you already this year, but for about the broad side of seven or eight years, I did not go to the dentist one time. Now, part of that is because I carry significant stress in my jaw. And so I, I clench my teeth and my left side of my jaw just has a ton of really intense pain quite often. So the thought of going to the dentist and having to keep my mouth open for elongated periods of time, it just sounds awful to me. The other piece of it is I knew something was going on there related to breakdown and degradation in my jaw. And I didn't want to hear about that because I can manage the pain. I can move through it. It's kind of become my normal. Now, again, it's not healthy. It's my normal. There's not actual kind of uh, disintegration of capability there. So I just move on as though it's not an issue. But the reality was I was terrified to go to the dentist. And so for, you know, six, seven, eight years, I haven't gone. So cut to me when I went to the Bahamas in December and I'm flying, I'm vigorously chewing gum so that my ears don't plug while we're flying. And when I get home, I have an acute flare up in my left jaw that just immobilized me. Now the precursor had been there for years. I just had the right situation to actually let the crisis unfold. So I go to the dentist, I'm 34 years old and I am sobbing in the dentist chair at the thought of them even touching my mouth, looking at my mouth. Not only that, but telling me, finally diagnosing all the things that may or may not be wrong. And now over the last nine months, because I neglected things for the broad side of, you know, seven, eight years, I have a whole host of things that had to be taken care of, including, you know, just cleaning for one. But I also had to have a tooth abstracted. I had to have a root canal. I had to have two crowns. I've had a, a small handful of cavities. I had to get a new bite splint. And it's taken nine months to get my jaw to calm down. Now I sleep with a bite splint. It's like the cutest thing ever. But it helps the issue that was already going on, but this issue has been going on for the broad side of a decade where I've had significant pain and I've only now started to deal with it. And because I kicked it down the road, kicked it down the road, kicked it down the road and waited till it turned into an emergency, it's turned into nine months of dental work, you know, thousands of dollars and tons of fear. I'm, I'm sobbing in the dentist chair saying like, I, I'm so terrified my jaw's going to seize up. And several times as I'm getting the different procedures done, I'm, I'm sobbing because it's just so uncomfortable and I'm just so fearful. Now that came from neglect. It came from a desire to not look. And over time, the issues became significantly worse. 
I could have been doing preventative care for the last seven, eight years. I chose to ignore it. So when we finally looked, there was a lot of breakdown that had happened. And that plays out again and again in many of our lives. What was neat about the first time I went there is we could diagnose the issues. So yes, I've had to go back seven or eight times over the last nine months, but time after time, we've chipped away at the breakdown that's happened. I don't know, chipping away at the breakdowns like sounds like a terrible analogy. Either way, that's what we've done. And this next weekend, this next Friday, will be my last procedure for 2022. And I'm so thankful for that. But it started with facing my fears and getting a diagnosis on what actually was happening there. And it was awful. And I hated every moment of that. But I'm on the other side of now reflecting If we don't look, that breakdown would have continued to go on. And going on unchecked, it would have caused even more issues, including, you know, when we talk about jaw issues and we talk about bacteria buildup in the mouth and in the gums, there is significant problems that could have resulted. So I'm thankful I finally dealt with it, but I acknowledge that it went unchecked for far too long. Not knowing what's going on can involve so much fear, and fear lives in our amygdala. When we have fear running, again, we're these brilliant fiction writers And so we're creating this story, and when stuff lives in our amygdala, it doesn't have parameters. When I went to the dentist for the first time and I said, okay, tell me the damage, what's going on? We take it from the fear center, and now I have facts. It brings it up to my prefrontal cortex, and now we have a plan so I know how to chip away at what's in front of me. Fear paints a quirky narrative. When we're able to actually get the facts, it's going to equip us with what to do next. And that's the gift of knowing. Not knowing keeps us immobilized. It might keep us ignorant, but it doesn't help propel us towards action and towards change that's for our good. Now, I think it was Jordan Peterson. It might have been Henry Cloud. But over the last little while, I had read the analogy of, let's say I'm walking through the woods and I hear a branch crack behind me. Again, because I'm a brilliant fiction writer, what are we going to think? Well, axe murderer or bear, right? It's got to be one of the two. Now, I can look behind me and I can see, is it a squirrel? Did something just fall? Was it like an acorn that fell or a branch that fell? Is it a cute little bunny rabbit? Is it something that might be scary but not immobilizing? Like, hey, it's a snake, but it's 50 yards away, so I don't have to freak out. I just have to get out. Or maybe I look behind me and it is a bear. Well, at least now I know to get out of there because it's a bear. I can come up with a plan of action. But if I stand there as though nothing's behind me because I'm not going to look and verify, I have no plan of action. And even if I did come up with some sort of response, it's not based on reality. It's based on what's going on in my brain. That's why we have to look at whatever the damage is. We have to look at whatever the breakdown is that's going on. Clients who do not want to look at the gap between where they are and where they want to be, they will be immobilized. It is a problem if we're not even allowed to survey damage, if we're not allowed to take a look at deficits. Now, here's the thing. Once we know it might cause pain, because being honest in our stories can contribute to a lot of pain, but not knowing, I just don't see how that's a preferable choice. It might hurt, but at least we can move forward with honesty and we can move towards some better outcome. Pain comes from honesty, but a plan can also come from honesty. So there are people who are in relationships, right? And they say like, no, I'm fine. My relationship's fine. We don't need to talk about it. Let's not talk about the small cracks that are showing up. Friends, over time, those small cracks can become chasms. They can absolutely destroy the foundation of a relationship. But if over time we're like, nope, I'm not going to look at it. I'm not going to look at it. I'm not going to look at it. I'm just going to run on autopilot as though nothing's going on. Relationships fall apart from neglect. That is a big issue. 
We have to look. And when we look, we can honestly address what's going on. Yes, there might be pain involved, but there can also be a plan. We can draw parameters around things once we know what's true, but it only happens when we become honest. Yes, digging out of debt might suck. You might have to be radically, radically disciplined, but you cannot do that until you're honest about what's actually going on. Ignorance is not bliss. Knowledge is power and knowledge can propel us into an action plan. Extensive dental work, medical treatment, it sucks, absolutely. But not knowing cannot be the preferable outcome for us. If you do not get preventative testing, if you do not go to the the doctor when you find a lump, if you don't investigate, how does that resolve on its own? Maybe it does. Most likely it doesn't. Once you know what it is, you can do something about it. Do not let fear hold you in inaction. Knowledge is power and go figure out what's going on so it can propel you into action. Repairing relationships, it can be so tough. If you have house stuff going on where something is no longer integrity, something is compromised, you gotta look at it. You can't just let it run unchecked because when we're not doing intentional healthy inputs, things are going to atrophy, things are going to break down. That's how it works. Pretending there's not issues, it might buy us time, but it's going to also add in breakdown. And the opportunity cost of not handling it sooner rather than later, rarely do you think, ooh, I'm glad I waited on taking care of these things that are vital for my healthy lifestyle or vital for my wellness. If there's something that's scaring you, something that you're avoiding, I encourage you to be honest about it. It's the launching point for action. Denial might keep us in perceived safety, but I assure you we operate much more healthfully and beneficially when we understand the picture more accurately. So if you're in the woods and you hear something crack behind you, take a quick gander. What's going on back there? If your debit card's getting declined, open up that bank account, take a quick gander. If you're in a habitual cycle of criticism with your spouse, go to a therapist, take a quick gander. What's going on there? If something in your house is showing some sort of degradation going on, there's some sort of foundational issue, there's some sort of leak, take a quick gander. We have to look at the issues if we expect to move forward towards an action plan. Honesty is the launching point of change. When we refuse to look, it's an issue. Now, once we identify what the problems are, we don't fix them all at once. We can pick a point and start walking. And consistency over time will get us where we want to go. Just because it's a big deal, it doesn't mean we don't look, my friends. It actually means we probably should look sooner rather than later. Or further breakdown could be happening. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. Please share this content with friends and family. Feel free to connect with Stephanie at healingthroughpain21 at gmail.com. Until next time, be well.